does a great job when they're when they're missing some pieces and and being able to uh, adapt to to their personnel. Uh, shoot, when you when you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback and you know, you know you end up taking a guy that you have a lot of trust in that plays multiple positions for you and you say, hey, by the way, now you're just going to play quarterback this game, and you go out and you win a football game. Um, the different things that he does with, with Teddy Bridgewater last year, you know, put Teddy in great situations to where there was a lot of uh, shorter type passes, but then they pick and choose when they wanted to go deep. They ran screens and, and, and worked around them. Um, and then Teddy made good decisions. So I, I think it just speaks to who Sean is as a coach. He's been doing this a long time. His players have a lot of respect for him and uh, he's really good at it. So there, there's a reason why they have success and he, he adapts to what what he has and, and uh, that's a credit to him and his coaches. Welcome back everybody to hour two of our Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show here at 670 The Score. Olin Krutz is here, Patrick Manley, I am Hub Arkish and we've got Bears Saints in about two hours and 40 minutes kickoff at 3.40. We're going to take the Bet Rivers pregame show up to 2.45 here. This, of course, is the home of the Chicago Bulls, and we have Bulls basketball uh, for you as well today. So uh, we've still got plenty of time left with some great guests. Jermon Bushrod, former Chicago Bear and New Orleans Saints left tackle, will be here. We've got Mark Grody checking in and, of course, Dan Pompey. Uh, so stay right where you're at for the best Bears talk in town. And uh, that was Matt Nagy talking about Sean Payton. And Olin, I know it was a, uh, a somewhat brief stay, but you uh, did uh, go down and, and play with the Saints uh, after uh, wrapping up your career with the Chicago Bears. What can you tell us about Sean Payton? I was just extremely impressed with him as a football coach. Um, I think after I left there, my opinion couldn't be any higher of Sean Payton, and, you know, I put him maybe right under Bill Belichick, uh, way up there as head coaches in the NFL, and you heard Coach Nagy touch on why. Uh, he knows what his team needs to do of that day to win fo that football game, and he prepares you for it, and he is very specific with his details and exactly what he wants out of you and what he wants out of, out of his team. And I think his record shows, Pat, uh, what kind of head football coach this man is and has become in the NFL. Yeah, what, what amazes me, too, is obviously I can't speak about him, but what, what I'm so impressed is, is how long he's been in one place. Because as a player, you know, sometimes messages can get stale. You can't be the, you know, you can't get your message across to guys or you're recycling stories and you just, you know, guys are in the back like I've heard this before. But uh, it's impressive to me that he's been there that long and keeping them you know, he's, his down years are, what, seven and nine, that, you know, he really doesn't have a true down year, that they're always pretty darn consistent, and then they'll pop up and, and, and you know, win 12 games a year. But to be able to do that as a head coach in this league for that long, that, that's what impresses me. Guys, 312-644-6767. We can squeeze in one or two more calls before we start rolling with our guests. Let me tell you quickly, uh, and, and this is, normally I don't plug this, but you, you want to follow me on Twitter at hub underscore Arkish because when we have Saturday games, earlier games, I do tweet out uh, our Bet Rivers plays of the week, and I did not realize until I just went back and looked 
uh, that Pat had all three of yesterday's games. So he is already uh, done for the weekend. But Pat had Buffalo minus six. So that is six and a half, I should say. That is not a winner. Uh, but he did have the Rams plus three and Washington plus nine. So Pat was two and one yesterday. And hopefully you all uh, saw that in plenty of time if you wanted to get involved in the action. Uh, Olin uh, had one game yesterday. He had a winner in Indianapolis at plus six today. He's got Tennessee plus three. He actually had Seattle yesterday at minus three. So Olin one and one coming out of yesterday and on Tennessee today. Um, I played all three of today's games and uh, I w- am with Olin on Tennessee. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I did not play all three of today's games. I lost on Seattle as well. Uh, I'm on Tennessee today, and I've got Pittsburgh tonight, minus six. We all stayed away from the Bears game because we will be picking that one for you as well. Uh, let's get out to Rockford and welcome Ken into the program. Ken, how you doing? For taking my call. I, I've become a big fan of Darnell Mooney. I'm really sorry he's not going to play today. And curious to know how, how you gentlemen feel the Bears should adjust their offensive game plan, given his absence, given his speed. I think, obviously, Roquan Smith is a big loss on defense. I think the absence of Mooney is huge, and I'm uh, wondering what you guys think, how the Bears should adjust. Well, and I, you know, we've talked about it. I, yeah, it's huge. He's your number two receiver, uh, and he's been one of your most dependable third down guys. And we finally, last week against the Packers, did get to see him take the top off the defense too and take advantage of that four three seven speed. So, um, you know, Anthony Miller is certainly capable if he plays his game. I'm guessing Riley Ridley is in uniform, but I don't know that you replace a guy who's had the impact that he has as a rookie. Yeah, I, I think I think the Bears have to go with a combination of, of Jimmy Graham and Ridley and, and use Miller uh, the way they used him last time against Gardner Johnson, Wims' sparring opponent. Uh, I thought that guy had a really hard time uh, covering Miller out there, Pat. And, and, and Miller's best at those roles. I think Miller's the kind of guy you can't give him too much, Pat. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or he just – he overloads and he short circuits and he doesn't play well for you when you try to give him too much to do. So I think you got to go with a combination of Jimmy Graham is kind of a receiver type. This is where they really miss. Also, uh, remember Tariq Cohen's been out for the year for a while now. So Mooney kind of took that role. Uh, Tariq Cohen is gone now. Now they're really searching uh, for a guy like that. I'm wondering if Artavius Pierce fits in somewhere. Maybe Harris, the return guy they got. Um, but they're going to have to, just like Pagano on the other side, Pat, has to find answers. Uh, they got to find answers. A lot of people talked about that fourth and one call last week. Uh, you go back and watch the film on third and one. Uh, Jimmy Graham coming back with the tight, with that split zone and basically avoids his block. So they got to give that tight end position a co-commit, let Jimmy Graham do, do what he does best, play wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with all that. And then, you know, talking about Roquan Smith being out as well, to me, that's a bigger loss. I think that's a bigger loss for this team overall. Not having Mooney is going to hurt, but not having uh, Roquan. And you saw it last week when they put Josh Woods in that, you know, Aaron Rodgers started going right at that position. I think that's that's a key thing for this defense to – or a key piece for this defense not to have. And I think that's that's a bigger loss than Mooney. I think the offense can somehow figure out a way to, to, to plug that hole a little bit easier than the Bears can with, that, with the loss of Roquan Smith. Yeah, Pat, I don't want to be all gloom and doom, but I mean, especially against a team, and you mentioned last week against the Packers, 
Because Aaron Jones, like Alvin Kamara, they are two of the most unique weapons in the league at running back who are also their team's number two or, in Kamara's case, number one receiver because Michael Thomas was down so much. But when you look at the Saints now having allegedly a healthy Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, they're going to throw you know both Jared Cook and Josh Hill at you. You can't really count on your safeties against those running backs coming out as receivers because you're probably going to be using them to, to either bracket or cover Thomas and Sanders. And so you got to have a linebacker who can match up. Danny Trevathan is a, is a really good athlete. and He's quick for the position, but he's not the athlete that Smith is. Um, Josh Woods is the athlete. He's not the player. And Manti Teo, I, I got to believe that they activated him, guys, be, because he is very effective against the run, you, you know, and, and maybe just his veteran presence. If you're not going to try, if you're going to try and avoid having your linebackers matched up on Kamara, we may see more of Teo than, than, than we might have expected, only because, you know, I know that Joel Ayubuniwe is not the answer. We don't know if Josh Woods is or not. At least you know what you've got in Teo, and, and he could be, Olin, you know, I think more effective against the run. Yeah, he, he would be effective against the run. The thing that worries me about Teo is um, his advantage. Maybe he knows the Saints, but Sean Payton knows him uh, pretty well also, and he'll find his weaknesses uh, pretty quick if you're giving a heavy dose of Teo out there. I, I think we'll probably see, uh, you know, Iggy or Woods, and then, you know, hopefully Pagano, like we talked about earlier, uh you know, dips, dips into his personnel bag and puts some safeties there at linebacker, maybe an extra D lineman in the game, and, and use, you know, DeAndre Houston Carson or Deion Bush as, as linebackers or coverage guys for Kamara because uh, all, you know, if Drew Brees sees Manti Teo on the field, well, I'm going to give him the green light if I'm Sean Payton. I'm saying you go ahead and uh, motion Kamara out of the backfield and get that matchup for me and then give Kamara an option route. Uh, basically, he can run what he wants and then they're just going to pick the Bears apart that way. Well, Pat, yeah, right. also to Olin's point, um, not yeah. only Manti Teo, but the Bears also activated Marquis Christian off the mm-hmm. practice squad. So another safety, uh, and that may very, you know, what Olin just described may be the way that Pagano's thinking about going at it. I think the big problem is, guys, we're th- trying to throw all these answers out there. I don't know if there is an answer. That darn album Camara is so good that, you know, all these teams every year, every week, they try, try to stop. just doing uh he's tough to stop and contain i think that i think that's the word you got to try to contain him try to take away the big plays he's going to get his touches you just can't let him get away and you know we talked earlier this is a guy you've got to get on the ground and you can't have those big plays. so we will see what he does what pagano does to uh, dial up with the guys that he has out there today to try to stop him but i, I don't know if you can stop him i think you just kind of have to try to slow him down because he's that darn good Okay, either I'm having a connection problem, which I hope the audience isn't hearing that, or Pat may have had a minor connection problem there. We got most of that, Pat, if you can hear me. Okay. Uh, we are yeah. going to take a I just quick... thought he was Optimus Prime for a second. I was waiting for Bumblebee to show it, it was brilliant. <laughs> if you didn't hear it, it was brilliant. Hey, Pat, there's no best doubt. Best thing I've said all year. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take a very quick commercial break here, guys, because we've got a special guest coming up. Where Are They Now has probably been my favorite part of the Bet Rivers pregame show all season long. Jermon Bushrod, former, former Pro Bowl left tackle, the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears, good enough to join us today. We're going to be back with Jermon in just a moment right here at The Score. 
This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Where are they now? Hubarkish, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. All right, I think we got Thomas Jones joining us now. Thomas, your ears better be burning because we were talking all good things about you. Catching up with former Bears players and staff each week to see... Where are they now? Kyle Orton is right here. Where are they now? The general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard, now an NFL executive of the year, also a longtime Chicago Bears scout member of the Bears front office. Where are they now? Now. So is, is, is Roberto Garza the first base coach or the third base coach? <laughs> Bro, I'm the, I'm the dugout coach. I'm, the, I'm, not, I'm not sitting foot in the field. Chicago Bears Hall of Fame middle linebacker, and they have a few of them, so we've got to point out this one, number 54. Where are they now? Hey, can I, can I speak first? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike B. Thank you for having me. This is great. Olin. Patrick, I think you guys know how I feel about you. I think, Hub, you are right, too. <laughs> and just- Hub Arkish, Patrick Manley, and Olin Cruz. <laughs> know this. I used my hat for a weapon, and it's 72 degrees. It's going to be the high out here where I live. So, hello. <laughs> on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Go to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store now. And MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair is the winning play yes it is where are they now time let me tell you real quickly before we get to our guests that the baltimore ravens have bounced back it is a 10 10 football game now with just five seconds left in the first half really competitive football all weekend long so far we certainly hope that's what we're going to get when the bears and the saints get together and now it is our pleasure uh, to welcome in a, a former Bear and Saint, a friend good enough to join us um, this week. One of my very favorite Chicago Bears, always uh, so available and gracious to us in the locker room. Tremendous work off the field and the things that Jermon did. Jermon Bushrod, Pro Bowl left tackle of the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. And Jermon, thank you so much for taking time out for us today. How are you doing these days now that you're not on the field anymore? Man, it feels good not to be out there. <laughs> not to be out there. I'll be honest with you, but uh, but uh, life is good, man. Life is good, fellas. What's going on? And I appreciate y'all having me. So, Jermon, hey, it's Patrick here. Good, to, good to hear from you, man. Uh, been a, been a, been a little while, but so what? What have you been up to now that retired life has hit, and uh, you know you don't have to go to practice, and you don't have to play out there today on Sunday. Yeah, it, you know, man, it's it's a great feeling. You know, we were able to uh, to to be in this league for twelve years, and. and and right now, I'm just uh, I'm spending a lot of time with the family. I'm, I'm working on myself. I'm doing some coaching and, you know, just trying to um, make life a little bit better for myself and, and, and for my family and for my kids and raising them and, and also working on, uh, you know, my next chapter in life. And we're figuring things out, and it's a, it's a pretty fortunate position that we're able to be in. Bush, what's up, man? It's Olin. Um, when you talk about you're, you're doing a little coaching, uh, tell us what you're doing with that because I know – um, we've all taken on some coaching after a career, and we're all kind of surprised at actually how hard it is to coach. <laughs> uh, man, listen, that is um, uh, only you. Uh, first off, it's good. It's good to talk to you, brother. Um, coaching is very. It's, it's very difficult. You know, I, I've, I've coached my son's flag football team. I've been a part of, of high school coaching down here, and actually, I was going back and forth from Florida to Canton, Ohio, doing this NFL Alumni Academy which is a new program that they're trying to start to help get free agents back into the league. And 
the other side of football is definitely something that um, it's going to take some time for me, but I enjoy it because, uh, you know, I know my story and, and the, the people I've had in my life. So to be on the other side, it's, it's, I'm always learning, man, just to get trying to find a way to get the, get the best out of guys. It is not easy. It, it really truly isn't, but um, you know, I, it, it's, it's a cool experience. Jermon, uh, I'm curious. I, I think I know how you probably feel about the New Orleans Saints having won a ring there, a Super Bowl champion in New Orleans. You arrived in Chicago at a, at a very interesting time. There, there's not a lot of us who look back on the uh, Mark Tressman, Phil Emery era uh, you know, <laughs> with, with great fondness. Uh, there, there were some strange things. Yeah. Uh, you, of course, uh, signed as a free agent in, in Mark's first year. And, and Mark, nice man. I, I'm not trying to pick on him personally, uh, but football-wise, it was a tough time for the Chicago Bears. Tell us your thoughts, uh, especially coming out of New Orleans and the Sean Payton regime, what it was like getting here and what it was like with Tressman. Um. It was a different kind of situation. You know, I, I, you know, when I had the opportunity to come to Chicago, I, I loved it. You know, I loved the players. I know the history that was there. But we just couldn't find a way to really get it done, man. And, and, and I don't know if it started at the, at, you know, at the coaching or, or, or above that as well. But it was, uh, it was a frustrating situation because we just really couldn't, um, you know, we just really couldn't get it done. And I, and I always think about that 2013 season when we were, a minute away from going to the playoffs. And I think the Mark Trestman era would have looked a lot different if we were able to pull that off. But as far as the talent we've had on that team, and, and you know, we just couldn't find a way to get it done. I'll be honest with you. I ain't, I'm not going to sit here and talk too much about Mark and, and, and the Chicago Bears uh, back then, you know. <laughs> but, you know. Hey, you can't blame Huff for trying, Bush. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he tried it. I respect you going around the block, though. I, exp- I respect that. <laughs> Uh, but hey, well, Bush, I went back and watched that 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 Packers game because you know the Bears played the Packers last week, and I just forgot the yeah. firepower we did have on that offense, the offensive line, the wide receivers, Matt Forte, and it is kind of sad that we couldn't get it done that game or even the game before against the Eagles. But you know, it is what it is, and it was a fun year. I got to play with you, and it's good to call you a friend now. But we have talked with Olin about Sean Payton and and the Saints, and you spent a lot of time with him, and Olin shared some stories about Sean Payton. Are there any good stories? about Sean Payton and your time down there that you can share on, 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 on the air here? Sean, Sean's a different kind of dude, man. You know, he, uh, when you get out there and practice, he's very demanding. He expects a lot from you, which, which honestly, I'm very fortunate that that's the type of environment that I was able to be in for my first um, time getting into the league. But, you know, Sean is a fiery guy. You know, I was actually just talking to somebody about this. It doesn't matter who you are unless you're, unless you're number nine. Uh, the other 51 guys or 52 guys that are out there playing, you're going to hear about it if, if things don't go the right way. And, you know, whenever, uh, you know, whenever you're an offensive lineman and you get that holding call, or God forbid you get a false start, you just feel like you have had the head coach's eyes just kind of piercing you in the back of your head. I've been on, I've been on the wrong side of that a few times. And, um, you know, that's just, it, just goes to, it just goes to say, hey, man, this, this, this guy is a no-nonsense type of coach. Don't be out here making those kind of mental errors or you're going to hear about it. You're going you're gonna to feel his presence. Um, but, you know, I just got to a point, thankfully, that I was able to be there for so long that I could just kind of tune that guy out. But he's, uh, he, he's different. He's a different kind of cat. He's toned it down a little bit, but he's a different kind of cat. Yeah, I was saying, Bush, that I don't think he gets the, the respect he deserves. I think he's uh, – you may be Bill Belichick's above him. Other than that, uh, yeah. this guy's one of the top head coaches in the NFL. 
I was super impressed with his details of the way he got yeah. his team ready. I mean, I remember yeah. you know the short time I was there before you guys threw me out. Uh, <laughs> oh, <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> it's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Bush Rod. Just the way he, just the, the attention he paid, the details, and, and the way him and Drew got things right was just really, really impressive. When, yeah, and, and it's funny you say that, though, only because, like, it's literally from, you know, if, so if we play on Sunday, it's literally from Monday up until the end of the walkthrough on Saturday. They are very detail-oriented, and I can and I can understand kind of as an outsider looking in now why this team has had so much success over the years because they literally, down to the smallest detail, if you're not in the right place at the right time, Sean Payton, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, you won't be able to get it done, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, uh, that's a great point that you make. You know, he's very detail-oriented. Detail oriented. And, um, you know, he's, he's like I said earlier, he's very demanding. He expects a lot out of you. And even though he does have that kind of um, toughness when it comes to coaching, he is a player's coach, but you have to kind of earn that, that right. And I think in Chicago, I felt like it wasn't, you know, when Treston was there, I, I felt like he wasn't as demanding as he needed to be to kind of bring everybody around. See, we knew you'd circle back. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I, see what y'all, I see what y'all got going. You see going. what we did there? You see what, that's a good cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> With the Jedi mind trick included. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. Hey, uh, German, I, I know, I, I, I want to say you got to New Orleans, I think the second year after Hurricane Katrina. And, of course, the Saints yeah. – you know, wildly popular in New Orleans forever, but but as a result of Katrina, really developed a, a unique relationship with uh, with New Orleans, with the city, uh, became so important. Uh, talk a little bit, if you will, about what it meant to be a saint in that environment uh, as the entire community tried to recover from all that. Well, you know, the, the community went through so much, and when the community started to get back on its feet, I guess you could say, they looked at the New Orleans Saints as, um, a way a way to just take their mind off of everything that they were going through. And I think, you know, when they were kind of going through the whole rebuilding process of the city, um, the Saints kind of got a lot more attraction, got a lot more popularity around the city, and that relationship has grown stronger and stronger since then. I mean, if you go back into, you know, that 2006 year where, uh, where the Bears reached the Super Bowl, I mean, that was such a pivotal year, and I came in the next year, but you can – Feel the energy when you're in the city. In the city, and if you ever played in the Superdome as an opponent, you can feel that energy as well. Like they put a lot of stock into these guys, into this organization down here, and it's uh, it's a special, it's a pretty special thing when you're able to win and, and see how appreciative this region is um, for the hard work that you do for them. Yeah, that, that Superdome is, a, is an impressive place. I mean, even when it's empty, and I, you're going to be at the game today, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be uh, one of me and my son will be one of the two people out of the three thousand that they're letting in. So uh, I, I scored some tickets and uh, we'll be in there, man. I, I'm going to win either way. You know, it doesn't matter for me, but it's going to be it should be a good game. I hope. Yeah, so. it should. Well, I know you've been doing some media stuff, so give me your uh, media breakdown of this game and what you see. As far as this game, uh, you know, I know I'm on the Chicago station, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a tough matchup. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, I think the deciding factor in this 
if, if the Bears want a shot, it's going to be the O-line and D-line. And I know you feel kind of the same way about that, Olin. I mean, if they can get after Drew, then you're going to make this job a lot a lot harder on them. You know, that's going to be up to, to you know, to the two outside linebackers and Quinn and Mack. And, and the, the great thing that I've loved and I've been following Olin and I've been looking on his social media, you've been calling a lot for Nagy to run the ball, stick with the run, give these O-linemen an opportunity. And now they're getting an opportunity in the last six, seven weeks They've been running the ball really well, and that's, you know, that's the old lineman, you know, kind of dream. So don't get down here to New Orleans and uh, don't get, don't do what you did to get in the position that you're in now. So if they're able to do that, I think you can make this a competitive game. If it's a competitive game going into the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, it's the playoffs. You know, it doesn't matter um, what you did in the regular season. You have an opportunity to come away with this game, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to get after Drew a little bit. Hey, Bush, you know, speaking of the, offensive and defensive line with Trey Henderson out, where would you expect the Saints pass rush to come from? And what have you seen from Cam Jordan this year that his numbers are down? Is he just getting that much attention or has has he been nicked up or has his game changed a little bit? He's been pretty healthy for the most part from what I've seen and from what I've heard, but he is the type of player to like, yeah, you're right. Trey Henderson gets 12 and a half sacks this year. Because you better you, you you better put four hands every other play on Cam Jordan. You know you you your right tackle better be ready to go because he's a guy who can be if he doesn't sack your quarterback every time he can at least get to your quarterback if you're not very cognizant of where he is and you give other people the opportunity to uh, to have one on one rushes and I really think that's where uh, guys like Trey comes in and has the success that he has. But then you have a guy in Marcus Davenport who's been kind of banged up this year, and he's had a little bit, uh, you know, limited um, production, I guess you could say, coming off the edge. But he's a guy, if you get going, if you let him start early, he can be tough. I think, Leno, you know, Leno's going to have his um, hands full with, um, with with Davenport coming off the edge. And then you still got guys like Sheldon Rankins who can rush the passer really well, and David Onyemata, who's a powerful rusher as well. So it, it, it's going to take um, – some supreme discipline and physicality. The most physical team is going to win this one. But, you know, who, if the Bears can bring that physicality, if they can match them up front, you know, this, this can be something that can be exciting in the fourth quarter. Jermon, um, I, I didn't really – I should have gone back and checked. I don't know how many actual games you played against him or had one-on-one with him, but you and Robert Quinn uh, in the league together for a long time. You missed being teammates in Miami by just a season. Um, but but having either faced him or watched him, uh, and this is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL over the last decade, he yeah. has not been able to finish much this year. And uh, I'm curious if you if you did actually face him in any one-on-ones and your thoughts of him as a, as a pass rusher and maybe what might be lacking this season. Unfortunately, yeah, I did face him, but I faced him in St. Louis when they had that turf and he could bend that edge like no other. So I'm pretty sure every other offensive tackle are, uh, they're, they're much more appreciative that this guy is playing on grass because I'm not saying he can, he can, he still gets to the quarterback and last couple games, man, he, he's shown his flashes of his old self, but when he was playing in St. Louis, he was a monster. And unfortunately he got me, I think he got me one time with the same thing, one time with the bears. Man. So when you're playing in those kind of environments, it's a little bit tough. So, he is going to kind of be back in his, in, in his speed element by playing in the dome. Um, he, he has a tough task ahead of him. It won't be live because Teron Armstead is playing pretty solid here at the left tackle position. But that guy, when, when he gets going, he, he's a monster with him. Him and Mac 
Uh, the tackles from New Orleans are going to have an all-day beast on them. But Robert Quinn on turf, inside, yeah, he was a nightmare a few years back. I got one more question for you. I got to ask you about Drew Brees. I guess it's really two questions. What, what do you see it with him uh, coming back from the injury? How, how does he look and how do you expect him to play? And then the last one is, you know, you're here and talk. This might be his last go. Um, what's your feeling on that? Uh, as far as when he came back from that injury, I think he came back for the Chiefs game. He got slow start, but in the second half, he made that game competitive. He was able to spread the ball around pretty well. And over the last few weeks since that game, you can see him as he's getting his weapons back. He's finding Emmanuel Sanders. He's, he's finding Marquez Callaway. Um, Jerry Cook is coming alive. The thing about him, and Alvin Kamara is playing out of his mind. So he has options. And, you know, Drew is a very cerebral, detailed, focused individual who I know is going to be ready and up for this task because you, you kind of hit it right on the head, Manly. He says that he's going to be done, or, or you start to hear the reports that he's going to be done. But, every, you know, everybody was saying that last year, and what did he do? He comes back for another one. I feel like it's some kind of, like, hidden competition between him and Tom. And Tom already said he's coming back. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does try to suit up again, you know, because that's just the kind of competitor he is. Every time someone rolls through those weapons that the Saints are going to have today, I find myself just shaking my head, man. They got so many guys. I mean, it's just, that is just crazy. And, and a quick story about Drew, Pat. Um, I went through my first walkthrough with these guys down there. And, you know, we did our, our normal walkthrough tempo. And I'm standing there, and I turn around, and Drew is going through all of his reads on air. And it just made you feel bad. Like I got back in my blocking stance. Like, should I be doing Should I be doing and, he, and he's at like a, he's like at game speed, you know what I mean? And I, I looked at Bushrod and you know, of course, Carl is not doing nothing over there, just standing there. And I'm like, well, I don't know between Carl and, and and Drew, what is the speed around here? But anyway, uh, Bush with that offensive line, man. Everybody talks about the weapons. You just obviously named them off, but you know, Ryan Ramchick and you said Teron Armstead. What a year he's having. Andres, Pete, Eric McCoy. But the guy I'm interested in today is Caesar Ruiz versus Akeem Hicks. Uh, what do you think he has to do to hold up in there against Akeem? Hicks. Well, I, I've, I've watched um, I watched a couple games on the team. I feel like he's he's lines up off the ball. You know, he lines up off the ball so he can get that extra half yard of momentum so he can make one of his power moves. Uh, that that dude is a load. Akeem is a load, but it's going to be important that um, Caesar like he switches up his set. You know, understand when you have help when you're going to be able to double team this guy and understand when you're going to be solo. He's not the kind of individual you want to sit back on too much you know you got to get your hands on Akeem get him restarted you know make him restart his charge uh, you know because he's good with his hands as big as he is he's, he's long on he's good with his hands he's a powerful individual so it's going to be up to Ruiz just to make sure that he is keeping Akeem guessing you know don't don't take the same kind of set uh set in and set out and 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 be physical with your hands and and, and make sure you get low because uh, he's going to bring it Jermon, we unfortunately are out of time. I, it, it's easy to see why you're doing media work, man. You're really good at this stuff. And, and so, uh, yep, I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for taking time out for us. It's good to hear that you're doing well. And uh, we hope that you and yours continue to stay safe with all that's going on out there. And uh, yep. we're not going to pick a side here because we know you're on both sides. But hopefully you enjoy the ball yep. game today. And we'll look forward to talking with you again real soon. Thanks, brother. Like I said, I win either way. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. 
That is Jermon Bushrod, former Pro Bowl left tackle from the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. He will be in the Dome today, as you heard him say. They're allowing 3,000 fans in, not anywhere near the 25% capacity that some of these other teams have done late in the season and for the playoffs. So there will be some noise, but, but nowhere near what you normally have to deal with and face uh, when you go down to the Dome. At least the Bears have that working for them. We're going to continue to break it down for you every way we can right here on the Bet River Sportsbook pregame show. We've still got Grody on the field coming up. we got Dan Pompey coming up. Pat's here. Owen's here. I'm Hub. We're back in just a moment right here on The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. He's generational back. I mean, he just does everything really, really good. And you got to have a bunch of eyes on this guy. Obviously, public enemy number one. And they've got a ton of talent on that uh, on that football team, and especially on the offensive side of the ball. Michael Thomas is going to be back, and Hall of Fame quarterback. And Cooks, uh, you know, great option for him in the pass game. Emmanuel Sanders. So the list goes on and on and on. But Allen's just a he's he's just a tremendous all-around back. Chicago Bears defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano speaking this past Thursday about the Saints' dangerous all-pro weapons. Uh, Alvin Kamara obviously at running back. Now we're told a healthy Michael Thomas, last year's NFL Offensive Player of the Year, uh, back at wide receiver today along with Emmanuel Sanders. So plenty of ways that the Saints will challenge the Chicago Bears defense with that offense. Of course, a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. Uh, nothing but pro bowlers all across the offensive line in Teron Armstead at left tackle, Andres Pete at left guard, out at right tackle, Ryan Ramchek. Uh, this is a real test for the Bears defense, no question about that. We're breaking it down for you on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show. Going to take you right up to 245 when we will leave for Bulls basketball. The 4 and 6 Chicago Bulls will take on the 6 and 4 LA Clippers. Uh, out in Los Angeles. Bears kickoff in New Orleans at 340. Before we get back to breaking down this game, I do want to tell you all, though, if you're in the market for windows, you got to call my guy Russ Armstrong. Russ is the owner of Chicago Window Guys. They actually make and install all of their own products, and they offer a lifetime warranty on all parts and labor. Now, guys, there's not a lot of spots I get to read uh, where there are products that I'm using, and I'm working with the people involved, but I've been working with Russ on our somewhat newer house uh, uh, for the last couple of months now. We could not be more pleased. They've done some custom stuff for us. They're putting in some of their great products, and you get the best price and like I have, you get to deal directly with Russ. He's the owner. So call the Chicago Window Guys today at 847-881-3060. And for the callers who mentioned my name, just tell Russ Armstrong, Hub told you to call. You're going to get 10% off. Check out his reviews at chicagowindowguy.com. You know, guys, I, it's, it's funny. I was struck as we were talking to, to Jermon Bushrod in the last segment. It is amazing when you go all the way back to that 06 NFC title game when, when you guys beat them to go to the Super Bowl, how many great offensive linemen the New Orleans Saints have had. I mean, they just have kept coming one after another. You know, Bushrod and Jari Evans and, and, and Carl Nix, and, and now you've got these guys, uh, you know, Armstead and Pete and Ramchick, and, and, and I'm leaving out there. Larry Warford was down there going to Pro Bowls for a while. 
Um, you talk about a team that has put a priority on the offensive line, all, and I'm sure that's why they went out and got you when they did. Um, it, it seems that Sean Payton focuses there first when he's putting his offenses together. Yeah, and he'll he'll tell you when he is putting his game plan together. Uh, he starts with his pass protection, and he works his way from there, and that's the way he formulates his game plan. And the other thing that they have done is they found good players from small schools, and, and Bushrod's from a small school, uh, Teron Armstead, another guy from a small school, Jari Evans, another guy from a small school. But but you're right, uh, you know, they had Zach Streif there, uh, when I was there, I think he's from a Northwestern product, but uh, they've just always had uh, – they, they start – you know, Coach Payton is going to start with his offense, kind of like, you know, uh, Pat, like Lovey started with his defense. And Lovey <laughs> started with his defensive line. He was going to make sure that those defensive line had some horses. Uh, that's the same way Coach Payton is with his offensive line and also credit them for finding guys in the later rounds. I think Teron Armstead, who – People will argue is either him or Bakhtiar are the best left tackles in the NFL right now. Uh, they found him in the third round out of a small school. So they do their homework and they go out and get these guys. Uh, interestingly enough, um, people keep saying the Bears need a first-round tackle, including me. I, I say that too. And, you know, the top two left tackles in the NFL are fourth and third-round picks. Yeah, yeah, they're just an impressive unit. And Hub, when you started naming all those names and you throw this offensive line up there, going against the defense, the, the, the way the Bears have been playing defense lately, it's just, it doesn't look good. And I've been all week trying to figure out a way, maybe like Sean Payton, how to beat the, uh, how to beat the Saints. But it just, it's kind of difficult to figure out a way to beat this team with all the talent they have over there and some of the injuries the Bears have and the way the Bears defense has been playing. You know, and Pat, you're, you're absolutely correct. There's no question about that. But then we tend to forget, being here in Chicago, that, that the Saints are sitting there thinking they're going to throw Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and Robert Quinn at us. This is probably, from their perspective, one of the biggest challenges they get all year. Yeah. Yeah, but and it, but agreed, yes, in name. But they just haven't been playing like you, you expect them to play, like they're being paid. And, and this is the time where they got to step it up and – Olin, we talked a little bit about, or uh, Javon talked about Akeem Hicks, and I think you and I were talking last week about him, that, you know, he's got to step up his game and be more disruptive. He's, he's being decent against the run, but to me, he's not running through, um, like Javon was talking about, where he can just kind of run through players and, and disrupt the second level, and I think that's important today, that if he can do that against Ruiz and get into um, uh, Drew Brees' face and disrupt him a little bit, that's going to be a key part of this game. So those guys got to pick up their game. Like we talked about last week, we wanted them to get to Aaron Rodgers and, and mess with him. They got to him once, but uh, he was still able to to have a pretty clean pocket for most of the game. But today is a different a different game, and they have to get it done today to, to be successful. Yeah, and, and really well said, Pat, because the way you affect Drew Brees is with pressure in the middle of the pocket, and you, and you collapse that pocket around him because uh, if he has any weakness, which he doesn't have many, uh, it's that he's not very tall. And, and if you can get that, those big bodies in front of him, get those arms up and push those guys into him, um, that is a problem for him. And, and that was one thing uh, we were told in New Orleans when I was down there, uh, the middle of the pocket cannot get collapsed on Drew Brees because he'll step up. He'll step up. He'll work the pocket. So even more important, Pat, is such, that's exactly right what you said, even more important than the outside rush today, uh, although it is important, but you know the Saints have two really, really good offensive yeah. tackles in Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead, so those are good matchups. 
Uh, if you like line play, watch those four guys go at it. But it's the middle of the Saints offensive line that the Bears have to dominate. Akeem Hicks, uh, Bilal Nichols, John Jenkins, Brett Urban. They have to find a way to get pressure right in Drew Brees' face immediately. Guys, I mentioned that the Tennessee Titans had jumped out fast on the Ravens, but the Ravens had come back to score 10 points and tied at halftime. Ravens have come out in the second half with a vengeance, a six-minute drive to open the half for a touchdown from uh, Dobbins. They're up 17-10, to 10, and they just forced the Titans to punt the ball back to them. Uh, so 17 unanswered points for the Baltimore Ravens. They now lead Tennessee 17-10 uh, to 10 as they are just past the halfway point in the third quarter. You know, guys, I had mentioned that I'd gone back and watched that Week 8 game quite a bit and, and noticed how poorly Nick Foles played. The other thing that jumps out about that tape and how the Bears played with these guys, it probably was their best game rushing the passer of the first 8, 10, 12 weeks of the season. Only one sack. Khalil Mack dropped Breeze for a nine-yard loss, but they were in his face all day long. Uh, and that is what allowed them to play, Pat, with the Saints uh, in that first game. Again, it was 23-23 at the end of regulation. I think if you if you said today that they could hold the Saints to 23 points, you'd say the Bears have got a shot. Yeah, that, that's a good call. And, and I thought Brent Urban had a pretty good game. Olin mentioned him as well. So um, it's 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 up to this D-line. And like you said, Olin, you got to get the pressure up the middle. But if they can hold them to 23 points, I think they'd have a chance. But I'm just not sure with all the firepower they have back now with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and then Cook, the tight end. Uh, Drew Brees looks a lot healthier, like Jermon Bushrod was saying, that it's it's difficult. And the defenses from that game to where we are now has slipped quite a bit. I mean, they were statistically pretty mm-hmm. darn high in the NFL, you know, with all the in all the categories, and the Saints defense wasn't. It's almost like they flipped. But if they can get back to where they were that game, that, that'll help them tremendously. And that's going to be, to me, the biggest key to the game is this defense of, of holding them uh, – to, to, to 23 points would be awesome, but the other one is for me to Mitch is Mitch has to play a perfectly clean game. Yeah, and it's, when you bring that up, Hub, from week eight, and that's why I asked Bushrod about Cesar Ruiz, I think he gave up eight pressures in that game. So I was wondering what his plan was going to be different uh, this time going against Akeem Hicks because Akeem Hicks uh, really had his way and, and inside that off, they're inside of the Bears' front, uh, really got after Drew Brees. But like Pat said, uh, the defense is, has not played on that level lately. Uh, and, and that's the biggest problem going in today, if you think about it, guys, because the offensive game plan that everybody's been screaming for, the offense that everybody has been wanting in Chicago, was meant to complement a very good defense, a defense who holds people under 24, you know, 20 to 24 points a game. And that defense is not here anymore in Chicago. And, look, Drew Brees – uh, every game at home this year, the the least amount of points they've scored is 27 points. So, uh, you know, either the offense or offense is going to score 30-plus uh, points or the defense has to reach into 2018 and find some of that magic today. We shall see if the Chicago Bears can get that done. We should note that uh, not only Akeem Hicks, but another former New Orleans Saint, Mario Edwards Jr., who the Bears claimed off waivers from the Saints at the beginning of the season, has come on to, to help that pass rush. you got to believe that he's going to be anxious uh, to show his former teammates that they made a mistake. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. 
When we get back, we're going to have Grody on the field. Mark will have the actives and inactives for us. Also have Dan Pompey still to come. We're going to get you our picks on the Bears games. We've already given you our Bet Rivers plays of the week, but I'll recap those one more time and get you the standings in the friendly competition between Patrick and Olin and myself as well. It's all just ahead right here on our Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com. We are back in just a moment on the score.